listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 276, Barbie in The Twelve Dancing Princesses. Nostalgia strikes again. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And today we have a very, very fun episode with a very special guest. So let's introduce our guest first. We'll keep you waiting on our what our episode's about. First off, welcome to Sol Carlos. Yay! Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> we have, like, we're really excited about this because for multiple reasons, um, Sol has been one of our patrons for a long time, like, several years and we've you've heard her voice you've heard her send voicemails and so you've I'm sure for our longtime listeners uh, you'll be able to recognize like oh yes I remember that voice with the great comments wonderful but also <laughs> um so has garnered quite the following over the last couple of years on her own accounts uh on the tiktok sphere and <laughs> Uh, she's quite the fun follow, especially if you speak Spanish. If not, then, you know, you, you learn some Spanish. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sol, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Again, I've been a patron for so many years now, so this is very surreal. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Well, I'm from Argentina originally, but I lived in Venezuela, Mexico. Uh, I was nine years in Houston, and I recently moved to Miami. And yeah, I make content about self-love, you know, women supporting women, just positive content, you know, because there's so much toxicity online, and I just wanted to make a safe space for people, you know, a good mental health place. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's just me. And I love animation, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> that's why we're here. And you know, I'm kind of scared because um, originally I suggested you guys doing a goofy movie too, and that didn't go so well. <laughs> so I suggested this movie and now I'm scared, but we'll see. We'll have fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. You can't go wrong with the Barbie movies. It seems from the two that I have seen, they seem to be pretty good. So I guess we should let people know today we are reviewing Barbie in the 12 Dancing Princesses. So this is going to be a super fun episode. But before we do, I know I'm going to keep you waiting. I know you're chomping at the bit. This is a you you want to get into the movie. But first, we're going to do a special game called Catch and Fire with Soul. All right. Are you excited about this? I'm so excited. Have you been wanting to do Catch and Fire like your entire life now since knowing us? This is like bucket list. (laughs) I can finally, I I can help you make your dreams come true today, Sol. We're going to ask you Catch and Fire. Well then, how about a quick round of Catch and Fire? Catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough courage. All right. What was the very first animated movie you remember seeing? 
Finding Nemo. What was the favorite cartoon growing up? Ooh, probably um, Reese's or Jake Long, The American Dragon. Oh, favorite animated movie? Um, Hercules and the Embers in the Group. Favorite animator slash artist? Queen. Classic animation or CGI? Classic all the way. <laughs> favorite animation studio? Disney. Disney or Pixar? Disney. <laughs> Laika or Studio Ghibli? Ooh, Studio Ghibli. Songs or no songs? Songs all the way. All the way. Nerd here. Yes. <laughs> I got you. All right. And then we're going to go with, um, I have a, so part of this, I have a list that I kind of picked through. And so I picked two from this section. Ooh, um, okay. Favorite obscure animated character. Okay. It's a Babel from Barbie Fairy Topia. Oh, okay. We're, <laughs> we're on brand here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we looking at uh, Tiana or Mulan? Oh, that's so hard. Um, Tiana. Okay. And now, the very most important and final question. Oh which would you rather watch? Cinderella 2 or The Return of Jafar? I could have a bone to pick with you know, in this category. <laughs> because you guys always bring Hunchback and Notre Dame 2, Mulan 2, Cinderella 2. And actually, do you know what generation I'm from? You're I'm from, from Street to the <laughs> So I love these, okay? But I will say, I did not like the Jafar one. So I like all the other ones. So in this case, there are two I actually prefer over the original wow. one. I said it. Wow. Yes. So this I is... love the love story with Anastasia. Yes, give it to me. <laughs> so basically, uh, you this would not be considered cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> oh, not at all. It's a joy. Oh, perfect. Well, I mean, I could have thrown in the land before time uh, 13, the wisdom of friends. Oh. See that one? No, I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Good job. You have completed Catch and Fire. Ah, yay. <laughs> I survived. You survived. <laughs> you will survive. So when we were deciding what movie we wanted to do, we, we just wanted to bring Soul on and we were trying to figure out what movie should we do. And Soul recommended we do one of the Barbie movies. And so we, we opened it up to her as to which one to do. Now, you'll remember we've already done The Princess and the Popper, right? Is that what it's called? Barbie in The Princess and yeah. the Popper. So we've done that one and that was surprisingly amazing. And so we opened <laughs> up to Soul and said, hey, you pick, what is the next best one? Because we didn't want to just, you know, we want to keep it high. We want to keep it on a great high note. And so what, what's the reason why you picked this one for us to do? Oh, this was so hard because, again, hardcore Barbie fan here. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of asked my audience, like, what is y'all's favorite? And, you know, a lot of people were saying Princess and Charm School, but that's more of like a newer one. A lot of people were saying mm -hmm. also Three Musketeers. And I wanted to go with more of the OG, right? So to see more, because you guys saw Prince the Popper. I wanted to keep it kind of like that vein. And people are obsessed. And that was my favorite also, 12 Dancing Princess. So I feel like it was a good mix of people wanting that, but also keeping like old school, you know? Mm-hmm. So you grew up with the Barbie films, right? Yes, I was so you, the 
target audience. Like how you guys were like the, the, right. the Swan Princess. What right. if you're, you guys were yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, the Swan Princess? Yeah, the Swan Princess was one so us and us. For my generation, for people watching, I'm from 1997. I'm going to turn 25. And this was it. Like I was the target audience for this movie. I was obsessed with them, all of them. And again, they were like a marketing technique. But funny enough, I wasn't so much into the Barbie dolls. I love the movies, but I was more of like a brat. Right. My scene, you know, so maybe the marketing didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely I was at the age range. And to this day, it's still so relevant. Like I post stories about it, that I was watching this movie again. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, I need to rewatch it. It's my favorite movie ever. It's still so relevant. You can still like quote it to this day. And so many years later, it's still relevant to a straight DVD movie. You know, we're talking such a mm -hmm. small cult following, but it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. One, uh, nostalgia, it really can get its hooks mm -hmm. in you, no matter what yeah. it is. And I feel this generation... Um, kind of this Gen Z, the, the, if you were a girl, the bar, this Barbie franchise was it. And it started, we mm -hmm. kind of talked about this, but they started in 2001. That was the first one, Barbie in the Nutcracker. And there was a whole bunch. This is the ninth one in the series. And then they stopped in around 2017, but then recently they brought it back in 2020 and Barbie is back. I mean, why would you ever stop it? Uh, I know Barbie the market has changed. Back. Barbie is back. <laughs> I see, I Lisa see a lot Lionheart of came in actually. for a little bit and she took over for a bit, but now Barbie is back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, let's talk about this movie. Just the studio Mattel Entertainment director Greg Richardson was, was released September 10th, 2006. So like we said, this is the ninth in the franchise. So by this point in time, they've really kind of found their groove. And you can tell because this movie, for me, even in just in the two years from The Princess and the Pauper, the, the, the quality is so much better. I feel like the other one... There, it, there must not exist a clear version of that movie out there because every clip I've seen online, when I watched it online, it's like, oh, my eyes, they hurt so bad. It's so grainy. But this one, I felt like I could watch it like a normal person and not, even though it's not in the, you know, HD format or whatnot, it's still, it was better. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness. So yeah. there's that. Um, and then as far as budget, you know, we're not really sure. And it doesn't seem like they released any information on how well it did in, you know, DVD sales. Uh, it, other than it says in 2006, Barbie and the 12 Dancing in the 12 Dancing Princesses debuted number one top DVD sales chart. So when a new Barbie movie came out, people paid attention. It sold nearly 500,000 units in its first week, 15% more than previous Barbie themed movies. So they kind of, they're giving us numbers, but we don't necessarily know. So it's definitely made a couple million at least during that first yeah. week. Um, so I'm pretty sure this was critically or uh, not critically acclaimed, but it, it, financially did very well uh, hence the hopefully 22 other films that we've been since <laughs> that's all i care about you right. know that's all i care about <laughs> i just don't want them to lose money so. <laughs> we gotta be able to do this again that's all i care about <laughs> get back the initial and it's interesting because they were moving doing so many like straight to dvds like you know paul and pocket was making their own movies oh, yeah. Bratz was making their own movies my scene was doing their own movies but it's so interesting what barbie was doing was so different that i feel like Overall, they still stay the most relevant and popular in the game, definitely in this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like Barbie just has something that magical thing that she will continue mm -hmm. to be 
relevant in some way. Uh, right. Just- yeah, I follow, I have a friend who's an influencer and she recently posted, like she got a, a big PR package from Barbie, just filled with tons of Barbie dolls, you know, the iconic pink. And it was to celebrate Barbie's 60th anniversary, which wow. is either this year or coming up. And hold on, I gotta sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. you. Excuse me. And mm-hmm. it's, I was like, just 60? I It, it surprised me. I feel like it, it should be more, girl. but you know, she, <laughs> she came out in the sixties and so it's been about 60 years since she came around. So wow. yeah, she has, um, gone through different ebbs and flows and waves of Barbie, but she is always there, always relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this movie is actually, I did not know this. So I watched this movie and I was like, this is such a weird concept. Like 12 <laughs> sisters, why 12? So many. And, and, and then they, they go to this, this room where they have this secret dancing place that they do at night. And I was like, this is just so weird. And then, you know, researching the film after the fact, this is actually based on a a brother's grim fairy tale. So these aren't fairy tales that they wrote necessarily. They more compiled very popular fairy tales that were popular in their area in the 1800s. And this was one of them. Obviously some are more popular than others. This one was a little bit more obscure to me and the actual fairy tale is called the 12 dancing princesses. So do you want me to give you a little synopsis so we can compare and contrast how it, how it differs? (laughs) Okay. So there, there, same thing. There are 12, Oh, as in the name, there are 12 princesses and they sleep in the same room in 12 different beds. Again, if you're a prince or a king, like really couldn't get them their own rooms or at least three to a room or something. But again, (laughs) it's like, we're all, okay, you got your one spot. I get all the other rooms, but so Uh every night they, their door is locked by their dad. And, but in the morning he discovers that their shoes are all worn out as if they've been dancing all night. And he's really confused by it. And he, he asks them, what, what's this all about? And they refuse. Um, so he decides that, you know, he's not getting any answers from his daughters. So he's going to put out to the kingdom to any man who can discover their, their secret of the dancing shoes and, or not, well, he doesn't know it's dancing yet, but of the worn shoes, um, if they can do it within three days and three nights, then they will inherit the kingdom. I'm like, wow, Uh do not, you do not care about your your prosperity and your daughters at all in your daughters. (laughs) You're more invested in finding out their secret that you're willing to give it all to someone. So tons of different suitors and men come and they can't figure it out. But then there's an old soldier who comes back from war and he says, Hey, you know what? I'm able to do this because what he did is he, when he was in the woods one day, there was an old, old woman who gave him like a secret, um, invisibility cloak essentially. And so he's like, I have this. And so I'm going to be able to discover their secret. Basically, I'm going to spy on your daughters while they're sleeping. Real cool. Awesome. And I'll figure it out. So the first night that he's there now, Oh, one important thing. If they, the, the princes can't figure this out within the time period, then they're put to death. It's like you (laughs) failed miserably. So it's, so if you are going to take this task on, you better These be are ready, high stakes. like for life or death. Yes. <laughs> you better be so confident that you're going to get it right. I mean, that so, is, that does make he, sense though. If you're, if you're giving everything to this guy, like if, if this guy is going to yeah, just try and like come around, I'm like, no, there's got to be really high stakes. So I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, he goes, and then he, uh, the night, the first night, the one of the sisters or one of the princesses gives him a cup of tea, but he remembers that the old woman warned him about this, and so he pretends to drink the tea but throws it away because, you know, secretly they're they're um, spiking the the tea so that way it puts him into a d- deep sleep. So he's able to sneak into the room and realizes that they. Once everyone's asleep, they dress in these beautiful gowns. They go through a trap door at the bottom of their room, and it takes them to kind of like this foresty area where they then meet 12 princes who are waiting up for them. And they dance all night with the 12 princes, princes and... You know, that's one of the reasons why that the the shoes are worn out at the end of the day. And they have to take these boats to, you know, get to a different part of this area. Um, and one of the younger princess princesses is complaining. She's like, hey, why is our boat going so slow? Prince, like, pick it up. And it's because this guy, <laughs> this, this soldier is, is in the boat, so he's weighing him down a bit. So this happens, and he goes for three nights in a row. Each one of the nights, he takes a different kind of... Um, token. He takes some branches from these magical trees. And the final night he takes this golden goblet. And then finally he shows it to the king and, you know, he believes them and the princesses have to fess up and they're like, yeah, it's actually true. Um, It's just like (laughs) these princesses are just really funny. They're so apathetic where they're just like, they're drunk. They're getting people drunk. They're lying to their (laughs) dad. Like they just, they're, they're not very appealing characters in my mind. Um, So, of course, you know, finally the truth has come out. So the old soldier, they're not quite sure how old, but old. Um, So because he's (laughs) he's an old guy, he takes the oldest princess to be his wife and they get married. And um, then the 12 princes, somehow they're cursed for as many nights as they dance with the princesses they have this curse upon them. And that's the end of the story. So oh, <laughs> a little different than, them. than what we see. Yeah, exactly. That's what you get for, you know, having these midnight like escapades. Similarities, like the poisoning, it was moved to a different part of the story. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm glad they changed some of the problematic areas. <laughs> yeah, you know, the peeping Tom thing, well, not, not a good thing. No, we never want to encourage that. <laughs> the... I thought was interesting is in the movie, it it seems so obvious what was going to happen with this aunt. Was she an aunt or a cousin that was brought in? She was the cousin Um, of, yeah. How, how dumb was this King that he's just, he he doesn't (laughs) doesn't see through her plot. Yeah. He doesn't have that, but he doesn't see through the plot that, Hey, like anyone that comes in your realm or vicinity probably wants to become royalty. Like, that's right. just what people do. There's always usurpation of power. Um, and then he couldn't see this and, and just trusted her blindly, you know? So I liked that in this movie that the princesses, they all had kind of personalities. It seems like we had, okay, there were three Chelsea's, right? There were three Chelsea's, which is the little, little sister of Barbie. There were right. two skippers, which is like the teenage Barbie. And then uh-huh. seven <laughs> seven Barbies. Um, but other than that, they really were kind of just blended In all into each color other. Hair. <laughs> yeah, it's a like copy paste, but let's change the hair color. <laughs> right. We have Midge. We have Teresa. Right, right, right. Have, yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, I think that the, I I was a fan of the fact that they're like, okay, 
you need to definitely make sure everybody everybody's hair color is represented because that's how you sell Barbies and <laughs> this is how you do it. I just I love the fact that they're so without shame in self-promotion. I just love it. It's like good for you, Mattel. Of course. <laughs> I was impressed that they had this opening credit song, which is something that I haven't seen in a long time. And so when it came up, I was like, oh, we're doing this again. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was so excited for you to bring that topic. Okay. So are we jumping to the movie yeah. or going to first thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Talk. Let's okay. just talk anything movie. Yep. Okay. Okay. I was like, because I think, you know, that although I have nostalgia for this movie, 100%, I can still see that, you know, it's not perfect. But I will say the one thing that just makes it stand out for me, it's the music. You know, I find it so charming, so magical. And I always quote that, like, you know, in movies like Dumbo, Peter Pan, Aristocats, when they're walking around, there's always, like, background noises, you know? And it's something that we've lost throughout time, unfortunately. And I really miss it. I feel like it's so cozy and whimsical and from the get-go from this movie you know i hate credits <laughs> you know i i love the work everyone <laughs> does but i don't want it in the beginning of a movie but i i watched it because it was so magical and beautiful and you know and it continues throughout the films not just in the beginning you know which other films do nowadays just music here 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 but it's not like you know continuous and i think that was probably like my highlight of the film the music so i'm really excited to know what did you think of the music? Yeah, the the composition, uh, it was very, it was very lovely. I have also, I've been on a classical fix, I guess, for the last several months where I, mm. I drive around, listen to my classical music, which I've done in phases of my life. And so <laughs> I just happen to be in one of those phases right now. And yeah, it's, it's very soothing and it's, it kind of takes its own time, does its own thing, and it doesn't want to rush mm-hmm. the music. And when you're in it, you're kind of there just wanting to be immersed. Yeah. So what were your, when you first watched this movie, what were your first mm-hmm. thoughts and memories? Okay. So again, just all the Barbie movies just gave me so much joy, you know, it was just so magical and I remember just being very fun also. I feel like all the stories were really fun. But also, like, I was introduced, like, I never heard of, like, the Swan Lake, the ballet. I was introduced by those classic ballets because of this film. Yeah. And I think that was a very lovely way to introduce, like, a kid to, you know, ballet music. Because it's not something we tend to, you know, you listen to more. Right, exactly. Stuff like that. So I think it was really charming. And I was just... I don't know. It's just all of them were so much fun to me. And I really like, you know, there was a bit of action in all of them, a little bit of a romance, you know, so it was kind of like for everyone. Maybe a little bit of mystery. Yeah. A little bit of mystery. Yeah. They like try to throw that in there. I noticed that with the princess and the popper and then also with this, mm-hmm. they always have a little bit of a, oh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Even though it's obvious. Right, right, right. Completely obvious. 100%. (laughs) So back to the Barbie. The Barbie. Okay, so with the 12 dancing princesses, we talked about there's these three different age groups of the princesses, Mm -hmm. but they also have unique names and they have each has their own flower and their own color, you know, gemstone, which I thought was interesting. And I never would have noticed this really. I didn't notice the different flowers. Looking it up. Yeah. And they're all different ages, ages 22 to five. Uh, Their names are Ashlyn, Blair, Courtney, Delia, Edeline, Fallon, Genevieve, 
Hadley, Isla, Janessa, Kathleen, and Lacey. So there are the sisters. Our main chica is Genevieve. She's 16 years old. She's the main, you know, Barbie girl. She's 16? Yes, 16. And Derek, her her, her man, is 16 as well. Oh. 16's oh, wow. a great age oh. for princess movies, you know? <laughs> I mean, thing is, like, we we the concept of teenager. Yes, the concept of teenager is actually a very modern thing. I think um, I remember reading that it wasn't the the word teenager really hadn't come around the past maybe hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred years. It just wasn't a thing. You were a child, and then you were an adult, and then somehow we created this middle tier. Uh, of teenager, kind of like you're still a child, not yet a girl, yet not a woman sort of thing. And, and that's, that's teenager. And it's now it's grown even more into young adult. I feel with our society. I don't know. I couldn't tell you why, but like back in the day, you were 12, you were kind of considered an adult for, for some people were getting married at 12, 13, 14. You were, you were working at that point in time. The era of childhood when your lifespan is only 30 years old. Yeah. You gotta get to but it. I was going back to the sisters, though. I really like that each had like a different interest. I think that was one reason why I really liked it growing up. Because I was like, "Oh, who do I identify with?" You know, who do mm, I? Can yes. I? Uh-huh. And I was watching this with my boyfriend. You know, he's twenty five watching this, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that's cool." Like, the things I do for you. <laughs> he's like insects that's what i did growing up you know so i feel like everyone kind of could see themselves maybe identifying to one of them it's like oh the bookworm one or yeah. you know the they're mm-hmm. quirky i like that they were you know they each had their own unique personality i like that the lineup really <laughs> reminded me of sound the Mu- sound of music when they- oh my god no. <laughs> but they're like bringing in the new governess and like <laughs> except like you know it's the governess that's being the the general i guess <laughs> the yeah. cracking the whip over here yeah this this poor king can't get it done. He has had 12 different uh, chances for, <laughs> for to get that air, and all 12 were, were girls. Nothing wrong with girls, but we know how it was back then. Mm-hmm. The, they had to have the male heir in some, some kingdoms. Um, but man, yeah, no wonder the mom died. Like, oh, I, mean, actually, kids. <laughs> I mean, we're talking medieval times. All right. Oh, nowadays, doctors, you know, after 12 kids, you know, I well, can't you have- imagine. You have four singles, or were there seven singles? Seven singles, a set of twins, and then a triplet? Oy. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Is that uh-huh. how they wrapped it up? Yeah. I Makes mean, sense. That, that's what I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Or were they a quadruples, and then double, and then a triple? What is, how did we do this? <laughs> well, no, there's 21, no, 22, 21, 20, 19, 19, 17, 16, 13, 13, 5, 5, 5. So it looks like triplets and two sets of twins, mm. possibly, because there's two 19-year-olds. I mean, Fertile Myrtle over there is getting it done. Oh, yeah. She's the fraternal <laughs> twin of Edeline. So they're twins, they're twins, and they're triplets. Yep. So, I mean, okay. She phew, she didn't have 12 pregnancies. Oh. Thank goodness. Well, see, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm the youngest of six kids and three three daughters, three boys, three girls, three boys. And already, the fact that he knows all, can and can list all of their names in order is just so unrealistic to me. Like, that's just not a thing. My dad still calls me by my oldest sister's name. Like last night we were leaving my brother's house and he's like, who's going with Natalie? And everyone just like, Natalie's not here. But, and he's just like, oh geez. But that's, I mean, my dad has early onset dementia, but 
outside of that, he would have done that. So it's not like it's a new thing. Like my entire life, this is a thing. So 100% not realistic. Uh, this dad obviously would 100% be not misnaming his daughters. And that would have made it more of like, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I thought it was so like wholesome though, the relationship he had. I mean, oh, for yeah, sure. he, he made a mistake with the, whatever the, the cousin, but you know, I, I really like, I don't see that in many films where the dad is so yeah. like, you know, invested in his daughter and so proud of them and let them be themselves i thought it was really wholesome how they all got to his room and were like worried about him i feel like nowadays especially these channels like dad i hate you right. you know like yeah I, there's a lot of that and i thought i'm like oh this is quite wholesome and charming yeah <laughs> yeah you know that is something that i i re i lament uh when i watch a lot of shows and things today is just like i guess the breakdown of the family is just such a I guess they're trying to be more realistic, quote unquote, with that. But it's like, mm -hmm. shouldn't we aspire to something? Shouldn't we like have like at least have something that would be an aspirational like picture on the wall? Yeah, I think it's good to have both things. You know, yeah. like Encanto did a really good job with like showing, especially in Latin America, those right. you know dynamics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you know, but it's also like you said, it's also nice to see like. A wholesome example. Exactly. <laughs> it can be possible. You right. Know? <laughs> no, 100%. So what do you think of the, the main girl, Barbie? Because, you know, it's so interesting because my boyfriend was confused. He's like, okay, why is not her name Barbie? Because the title is Barbie in the 12th dancing <laughs> oh, yeah. but she's Genevieve. It's like, well, no, in yes. this world, she's an actress. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How do you not know this? Like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I wish we could have more of her. You know, her only personality trait was that you know, she was late for things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I like that, you know, she was caring to her little sister, you know, and she was she couldn't get on her bed. She was like, I'll help you, you know. So, you know, she, she had a good heart, but I wish she had a little bit more to her character, I guess. I think that was through yeah. all of them. I wish that there would have been a little bit more of like... There, there was some gesturing, like, for example, when they're like, oh, you're amazing, Derek. And then you have the one sister who gives the look like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I know what you're out here for. <laughs> but it's Ariel's like, in love. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't it obvious, daddy? So I feel like there was one girl who I felt like was very much the Mary, if if you were comparing that to maybe Pride and Prejudice of the sisters, like each one of them kind of has their own thing. Oh, yeah. And I kind of wish that they would have had been able to like bring out little aspects of of differences between them all like that. Um, so I agree with that. She like her only <laughs> it's funny her only personality trait is she's late yeah. well it's hard because th of course they all have personalities right. but when you have 12 actresses quote unquote right. uh that with screen time that you're supposed to set you know separate on a movie it singles you down to like your basic component right. like you have you can have right. one or two personality traits like we're gonna give you each a different colored dress yeah. and a flower <laughs> and a gemstone and then maybe one or two one one little personality thing to make you stand out besides your name because we don't have time for anything more yeah it was basically the last girl had a had like a thing Lacey and Genevieve like those are the only two that really had a thing mm -hmm. that you would remember which normally happens with these big yeah. families it's like okay we got the main one and then we got the secondary siblings and the rest are just kind of like 
Meh, you over there and i think that's what they you know when you when you throw like triplets and right. twins in the mix it's like oh but we can just like why did they have so much focus on lacy which is the smallest well the triplets the, the blonde one uh-huh. it's like yeah, it's interesting like you have the triplets but you're just focusing on one of them that's like interesting choice she's well she's <laughs> the youngest of the youngest you know so oh okay she's the littlest of them all the i guess <laughs> so I would say Barbie kind of like created the, the girl boss um, kind of trend that we see nowadays, uh-huh. even before it was a thing. Oh, yeah. Because if you look at these films, yes, there's romance, 100%, but it's not the main focus. And I kind of like it because it's subtle. You know, nowadays, I mean, I'm all about, you know, the girl boss, love the representation, 100%. But sometimes it can feel like kind of in your face, like right. obvious. Well, this one's kind of more subtle, you know, and yeah. almost all the Barbie films, like there's love, 100%. But Barbie's never saved by the guy. She's always kind of like not the main plot of the movie most of the time. She's kind of gotta you know, have the love in there. But... Every girl's gotta have oh, some love in there. Come on now, <laughs> you know. But I like that it maybe wasn't so obvious. It was more more subtle, and I was like, oh, I can appreciate that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like the aspect of them all being in the same room, though. When you you guys were saying that, like my my oldest sister Natalie, she has a a house that has one giant room for all of her boys. Cause she had four boys and she was just like, you know, I do want you guys to all be in the same room growing up because that does one, it, it would hopefully calm down, you know, somebody who may be doing things that you shouldn't be doing and, and make, make, making sure that everybody's like, okay, just keeping your, just come home on time. You can't be making other people. Yeah. Adding that accountability to there. Um, and then I'm thinking the 22 year old had to go to sleep at 8 PM. I yeah. was like, oh my god, <laughs> eight p.m. I get it for the the triplet, but that actually sounds glorious. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a night owl, uh, so that's my work. No, I get that. No, I'm I'm definitely more of a morning person, and so like I come, you get me at ten o'clock, and I'm dying. I'm like, I need to go to bed. I'm so tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One day too, Sol, you will understand. Oh. You won't. It's impossible for you to understand now, but one day, I yes. Know. <laughs> but so you like the idea of all of them sharing the room, huh? Because that to me, it sounds like a nightmare. A lot of personal. It was. Like, it was odd. But it, it kind of felt very orphanage to me, to be yeah. honest. You know, where you see the old school orphanages where they're all just in one massive room. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I mean. The fact that they had everything, at least at the beginning, against their own part of the wall made them separate more. And then she made them move them all into the middle. Then that was like too much because that that one, yeah. you you no longer have a space. You are just the bed. Like sucks to be you get a bed and a trunk. <laughs> but before they had like their little part of the wall, you know, and they could do their own little thing, maybe. Yeah. I, if I were to do something similar I would want it to be like more age based. So maybe like the older's over here, the uh, mids yeah. over here, the younger's over here. But at the same time, that does create a boundary in family. For example, like it was always like the older three and the younger three in my family. Mm-hmm. And so like my older siblings, granted, my old like she's 13 years older than me. And so there's going to be a difference for sure but like even then it was like I just didn't have the same relationship with the older three that I do with the the younger two 
Um, so mm-hmm. I can see the benefits of both of just being able to, when you're sharing a room, you're be, you're able to see more of a, who a person is. And it's like, you think about mm-hmm. it. I saw a graph the other day that it said the time spent with your siblings is going, it's like a lot as a kid. And then it plummets at the age of 20 and you really never right. see your, your siblings again. And I mean, not never again, but it's like the same amount of time <laughs> spent, like your your relationship with them is most likely going to stay however it is. And so, I mean, could be problematic. It could be wonderful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I guess putting them all in the same room gives them time and space to fix things as they grow up. <laughs> yeah. They all put along in this movie, which I think that was the most unrealistic side of it. You know, yeah. I have a sister. Yeah, yeah. I love her. But, you know, in our, we have three years of difference, age gap. Uh, and in the, I remember when she, um, we would play Barbies all the time. And then one day my mom came to me and was like, Sol, your sister's not going to play Barbies anymore. She doesn't like them anymore. And I just cried. No. For hours. Like, what are you I just said, no, what does that mean? <laughs> and, you know, and our relationship, you know, we always got along. But especially when we were both teens, it was kind of like, oh, we were like butt heads more. Yeah. But then once we both became adults, now we're like, super close yeah so that was the one side of the movie it's like okay you have all these different ages and they all get along (laughs) uh not realistic and that's true especially you get that many girls in a room like it's just gonna be (laughs) there's gonna be one Mm -hmm. that starts trouble there's always gonna be one yeah what do you think about the love interest was Derek, what was his name? Yes, the cobbler. Yes, everyone's dream boat is the guy who makes my shoes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was kind of generic-ish, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> but he, yeah. was, he was the Ken, you know, he brought in yes. his Ken. But, you know, it was really funny that, like, it's just shoes. Just shoes? Shoes? That made me laugh. That made me laugh. I will you say. obviously don't understand us. <laughs> they leaned into that big time, right? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, my thing though, the only characters that I would take away from this film, I get it, merchandise, marketing, but the monkey, the tiger, yeah. like a cat, get them away from me. They're so annoying. So many talking you know, you animals. Have, you know, like when Fairytopia, you have this character, you guys haven't seen it, but you'll be one day amazed by watching this. <laughs> uh, they, they have a, a, a sidekick character from people, iconic, funny. But this one was just like, I get it, you're trying to sell merch, but these are just, I remember as a kid watching this and be like, they're annoying. Even if mm-hmm. I did, they were annoying. <laughs> right. Yeah. So even right now, it was just like cringing at them. It's like, okay, I'm done with them. <laughs> I mean, were they really trying to just sell merch on these things? These were like not cute. <laughs> I mean, a cat. <laughs> I mean, they're generic <laughs> things. Like, is there a is there a mo- monkey in the Barbie lineup of pets? Well, I, I don't know about the monkey, but I definitely think the cat. The cat the tiger, is, I don't know what yeah. it was. The cat was definitely like selling. Because yeah. I remember I, I bought the Bibble one, the Prince and the Pupper um, pets. They were thing. Okay. So I bet this one was also a thing. Just not, I don't know about the monkey. I, the monkey was, kind of like, was not a fan. I was not a fan of the talking animals. Like they had their own story when it's like, I would much rather have learned more about the sisters. This is just like the Cinderella thing. Yeah. It's like, are we filling time? I, we had so many princesses in the first place. Just mm-hmm. give me more of them and yeah. less of yeah, the creatures. They're already so interesting. We don't need the, the animals. <laughs> Agreed. Um, 
So what did you think about the, the, I mean, we kind of talked about the origins mm-hmm. of the story, but the idea yeah. that, oh, they were dancing all through the night so much that every single night they wear out their shoes and they need a new pair of shoes and that they go to the secret in this movie, it's like a secret land, you know, yeah. they have to mm-hmm. figure out the Magical. code and then it takes them to this other dimension almost. See, I will say though, it took them that long to figure out that right. each book was the same from the floor, that, but that's fine. That, that's fine. Well, no, that's what I was like, how did they not notice that that one step, like that one cobble, like would glow every time they stepped on it? Like it was the first right, one, right? right? See, in, in 22 head, years, I, I no one ever did. Theory. This is my theory. So the mom left them the books. So I feel like they the the magic didn't work until they all got their books until they were all at least oh, five years okay. old. So that was my theory. That's oh, why it okay. worked once they turned five. Because everyone had them, so they could all go together and share this memory as sisters. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta make sure that the twenty-two-year-old is locked in the in the room and tell them. <laughs> yeah, you can't get married yet. <laughs> what about the Duchess? What do you think of her as kind of as the villain? Oh gosh, she well, was like hardcore she... villi- villain. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to say it's the best villain ever, but, you know, she had a reason, you know, she was evil. I mean, <laughs> she was just... your own cousin. I mean, yikes. And yeah, I mean, she she was tough on them, like that schedule and everything. I mean, yeah, I think she was a good villain overall. I thought that that was funny, though, that like the main villain of this movie was the alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bed at eight, like, really, you should be fine to get up at a decent hour. <laughs> like you need 12 hours well, of sleep they were tired because they spent all night dancing right. which i don't know yeah, how you do true. that <laughs> i mean i think she was they definitely made it over the top um obvious that she was the villain from the very mm-hmm. beginning the mm-hmm. look right. the side gaze the line uh like dun, dun, dun. um <laughs> but she i i didn't expect her to be that like that evil to go ahead and just poison the guy and just <laughs> and like you saw her like ha 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 and it's like every day he he like goes to drink and i'm like oh my gosh because you don't see him for a while right after the first one i'm like did she just kill right. him is that like you're the last time you're gonna see of this dad this is really took a dark turn quick mm-hmm. <laughs> well also that um you know when things get bad for him he just signs off temporary custodianship of the kingdom to her and i'm like why her why not one yeah. of the- the daughters, like, are you d- so dumb? Are you so dumb? Uh, just and we, have so and sort of tell that trust. you know she wasn't that respectable. You know, if you see her carriage, you know, it's all like broken, destroyed. She had like nothing going on. So it's like, why right. do you trust her so much? She clearly doesn't have her things together that much. Yeah, she learned a lot of like mm-hmm. you know fancy ways to walk and talk, but you know, why do you trust her? Mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously didn't didn't win Miss Congeniality at her prep school she went to <laughs> i was shocked though by the ending how like correct me if i'm wrong because the whole curse of her like to dance forever was that taken from another story because that sounds really familiar to me i remember there's like another story where like the the bad oh, person mm-hmm. just dies because they're dancing forever and i was like oh that sounds really familiar i don't know if they borrow that from another story 
or something. And I was like, wow, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I will make you dance. And the guy and the guy, the henchman was loving it. He was like, I don't care. (laughs) He was like, this is great. There's a a fairy tale of the red shoes. The story about a girl forced to dance continually in her red shoes. And why do they have to be Mm. red shoes? I don't know. Mm. I mean, it seems to be like a trend, you know. You have the uh, Wizard of Oz, then you have, um, you know, the Red Shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But what do you think of of her ending? Do you think like she's gonna die? Is it hinted at it, or did they save her? I didn't know what they were going to do. You know, as far as punishments go, it's a pretty decent punishment <laughs> to just be like, no, you're just gonna like instead of putting you into like a cage. You're going to dance for the rest of your life with this guy. Very on theme for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like something that you did not like. So therefore you get to do that forever. So and ever. <laughs> I have a question for you. Are there any, yes. like, has anybody ever done some of these dances for TikTok? Oh, that's a great question. No, I haven't seen it. Like the ballet, because, uh-huh. you know. Ballet is not really hip nowadays right, yeah, on yeah. TikTok. But I do see people like reacting, you know, like for Halloween, a lot of the girls dress up as, you know, Barbie from the movie okay. characters, like this one leg uh-huh. one, and they play the yes. music on the background. Right. Know? So, yeah. But I even seen this. I was like, wow, is ballet such a thing? Not saying that everyone just knows and that's their go-to music. It's like, yay, we're going to do ballet for fun. Well, I, was I like, mean, for for people in dance, it is. So I grew up going oh, yeah. to dance classes and everything. I never graduated to like do point for ballet, but ballet is mm-hmm. like the foundation for all dance. Oh yeah. And so every if you go, um, if you're wanting to actually become a dancer, you must take right. ballet. And oh yeah, no, my mom did it for like twelve years. So no, she's super into it. Yeah. I'm just surprised that it's like you dance all night because it seems right, so right, hard right. oh yeah yeah well i mean the, the ballet dancers do that too you know <laughs> but I, I guess my point was is i feel like you should probably put together some type of a a a barbie and the 12 dancing princesses kind of like series <laughs> of you do trying out some of the dances <laughs> just for funsies <laughs> Get that trend you going. Think I can actually dance like them? That's funny. <laughs> I can do your little TikTok dances, but that's a whole level. But that, but that's, that's a whole. Level. That's kind of the funny part about it is like that's what TikTok's yeah. for is not really like being a right. professional dancer, but really just like right. doing the different moves. And some of the moves are not that difficult. So I'm I'm going to challenge you if you're up to the chance, Ooh. if you're up to the challenge or not. It's up to you to, (laughs) and it doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's got to be your version of, you know, some of these songs. So what do y'all think of those dance sequences? There were, you know, a lot of them. There were a lot (laughs) of them. I thought they were fun. Yeah. I, I felt like there were probably a little too many, a little too long, more like, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like they, yeah, they could have shortened them, but then again, they were really trying to go along with the music. I think they took a score that they were able to get and then they had to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that it, that's what makes sense to me as to why they did it this way. Otherwise I think they would have just done a couple, just maybe 15 yeah, I agree seconds. 100%. I think with the dancing one, I feel like, what, how can I say this? I feel like each time they sort of added something new, like every time they went to the wonderland, uh-huh. you know, one night it was just them by themselves. The next night there was like, 
statue princess. Right, you know? right, right. It was very mm-hmm. like, I feel like every time I added something new and interesting, but as a kid, I, I was really invested. But as an adult <laughs> now, I was like, okay, we can move along now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think if I had a magical land that I would just be able to say, <laughs> I wish, and then it just appears, I think I would do something different than just dance all night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not talking, we haven't talked about the elephant in the room that, okay, fine. If you want to spend your night dancing till the break of dawn, sure. But how are you not totally exhausted every single day? I know they showed that one part Uh where they were, you know, exhausted in the morning at breakfast time, but this is again and again and again and again. (laughs) Right, right. It's just all it catches yeah, up to you. I mean, Sleep is so young. important. I guess they can support it more. <laughs> Not to be young again. I know. <laughs> We're all old. We're like, huh. <laughs> I couldn't do that. But good for that. I know. So um, going back to the whole monkey thing, I, I did think it was funny when she was like, everybody has them this year. It's like a yearly thing. So it's like, oh, Brutus, you got one year to prove yourself and you're not doing good. <laughs> you know, with me, it was one thing I want to talk with, uh, with y'all is the animation. Because okay. that's the one thing that I'm like, oh, it's just so hard. Because I think the story is charming. It holds up. The music is amazing. But it's just, I know you said that it's better than Prince and the Pupper, but it was still so hard to watch for oh. me. And it's like, it's sad because I feel like if they could just remake them to like now oh. today's technology, yes. I feel like it would do so good, you know? And it's just, it just was so hard for me to like, because I was invested in the story. I was invested in the music. I was like, this is so magical. I feel like so happy and this is so yeah. wholesome. <laughs> but the animation was so jarring for me. And I was like, where's the dimensions in this? There's like no shadow. Yeah. And especially when mm-hmm. they were dancing, there was this one scene where she's dancing at the end with Derek. And it was a beautiful shot. It's like a, the camera's going 360 around her. But just her arm movements are so <laughs> Her weird. arms were weird. Like, and I was and her, like oh. her feet were really weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> that word that you call when something's like human, but not 100% human. What, what is it called? The, the uncanny valley. I feel like a lot of that in this for some reason. Yeah, there was a lot of something yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so sad. I would. Uh, I mean, they, they know how popular some of these are. And so you could just imagine the just not the excitement and the buzz if they said, Hey, they're remaking, you know, princess and the popper or 12 dancing mm-hmm. princesses, either as another animated film or even better, maybe a live action film. I think that, right. I think some of I these are good so good. Money for them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My, my point. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, even if they, if somebody just went in and just redid the animation for it and resold yeah. it, like there's a lot of people that probably would still buy it. Probably not enough. That's true. Probably not enough to like make it completely worth it, but it would like pay a bill. Um, you could probably still do it on the cheap, yeah. like, but it would look significantly better. Right. It's Well, they actually do this with Nintendo games. So for mm. um, Ocarina of Time, it came out in 1996. And if you look at the original, uh, it was great. It's iconic. People think, you know, it's the greatest video game of all time, despite it's animation is very horrible like everything's triangular because that's kind of the best they could do so everyone has these like triangle noses and everything's really pointy but then they've remade them like 10 15 years later for the nintendo ds and 
animation is significantly better. Gameplay is exactly the same, but it's like, oh, this is better on the eyes, yeah. you know? And they sell tons more because yeah. it's such a popular existing franchise so that would be really i think that'd be really cool you know of course you're still going to always have the purest just like with ocarina of time like i will still prefer the original because that's the way it was intended mm -hmm. and i'm going to keep <laughs> it that way but i'm not offended that the other one exists and if like that's what was presented me to play i would play it i wouldn't care but yeah you know, it doesn't take away from the original that we're kind of enhancing. Now you can take it too yeah. far and do the George Lucas effect, like what he oh, did with the Star yeah. Wars. And he added, you know, we had all these cool practical effects and then he added all these special effects. And it was like, well, that that's kind of, it loses its charm. So you got to be careful about, exactly. you know, taking things away that are people love and are really attached yeah, to. Yeah, it's like watching Toy Story 1, you know? It's like, it's such a great film, but the animation mm -hmm. is sometimes hard to watch, you know? And it's so sad because I feel like the film has so much potential, you know, with its story oh, yeah. and its music and everything. And I feel like it might, might push people away to watch it and even push me at times. Like, it took me out of the film at times. I was like, oh, what yeah. is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like a <laughs> hardcore fan. <laughs> if, they have, if they already have the models done... And mm -hmm. if, so it's like, okay, if they're, if they would have, instead of do, doing a light year, if they just redid Toy Story 1 in like great <laughs> animation, I think it would sell just as well. <laughs> I think oh people God. would have been like bought, sold, I'm there, you know? So See, I'm really curious what you guys think, because, you know, this is an amazing idea because, you know, we know nostalgia sells yeah. money, you know, 100%. But at the same time, nowadays, I see the, the newer Barbie movies that they're doing. It's more like spies and superheroes and video games. Mm, yeah. They're targeting, like, a different, like, this is more like classical stories, more fairy tales. Well, they're doing more like modern stories. Yeah. Um, I really yes. liked when... In back in the day, they did kind of like a mix of both, like the the musket, the yeah, the three musketeers one, and they did um charm school one. It was like it still felt a little modern, but it was also very still fairy tale. I think that's a yeah. Good mix. So talking about the different eras, when yeah. you go to the Wikipedia page that lists all the Barbie films, it lists them into different eras, if you will. It seems like there's four. There's one, the adaptations and plot tests era from 2001 plot to test. 2009. <laughs> the plot tests, I think, these are like Barbie fairytopia, um, mm -hmm. you know, the fairytopia Magic of the Rainbow, Barbie Mariposa, but majority of these are adaptations, like Three Musketeers, Thumbelina, Christmas Carol, Swan Lake, right. yada, yada, yada. Then from 2010 to 2015, which is basically the second chunk of these films is modern day plots so that's where we have the charm school perfect christmas mermaid tale 2 princess and the pop star oh secret door mm -hmm. all of these then the era three they just called it the end of the home video releases so this is just like okay they fit into something else but they're like the end of it um you know Barbie, her sisters, and the Great Puppy Adventures, Spy Squad, like you said, yeah, Video Game Hero. Like we're getting a little too huh. on the nose with some of these. And then the final one, this is kind of the like the the revival era, if you will. It's called the Pre and Post Dreamhouse Adventures. Pre and Post, huh? So we have Dolphin Magic, Princess Adventure, Barbie and Chelsea Lost Birthday, Epic Road Trip. So uh, I agree with you. It seems these classic ones are are fun. You know, I yeah, just we don't have fairy tales nowadays. And it's kinda I wish we had those. Yeah. Like even the Renaissance time, like you know, Beauty and the Beast, they did so well. And I don't understand why they don't do more of that. They saw the the success of Frozen and it's like I wonder why we don't have them like that much fairy tales anymore. 
like uh, if you change like the problematic aspects of it and keep it modern, then you can still have them, you know? Yeah. You have animators, you have creators our age who are the ones that are in charge of doing things. And so they're, mm-hmm. they tend to, uh, I, I find that they're doing a lot that are nostalgic for my generation. And I feel like mm-hmm. give it five, 10 years and it'll definitely be moving to your generation as the creators become the being like, no, I want this again. Dang it. <laughs> See, but it's weird because your generation is the Renaissance, right? you know, super fairy tale. Right. So I'm like, why don't we have fairy tales now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's also a, everybody tries to like have their own thing, I guess. And mm-hmm. I mean, it really comes down to like, what do people think they can make money on? And it, I don't think making right. money is a bad thing. And I think it's more yeah, finding, finding the, the right aspects of a generation will basically help to, you know, expand your reach. But yeah, so I don't know. I, maybe there's just people out there who are like, I don't think people will pay money for that. Or oh, that's not what mm-hmm. kids these days are looking at. Like, and it's like, do you even mm-hmm. have kids? <laughs> like, and that's, yeah. So that's one of my things that like, I don't know. There's, there's probably a lot of people who don't have kids, you know, to be honest, looking at my generation. <laughs> Morgan, would you show this Barbie movies to your kids? I feel like that'd be an interesting question. <laughs> I think she's talking to somebody. Okay. Because I feel like that would be a really interesting question, you know, because she has kids from this new generation. And it's like, do, would they find this movie boring? Would they find it entertaining? Because for my age, I I was super into it, but maybe the new generation doesn't like that. Well, and also, like, Morgan doesn't, she doesn't let her kids watch that much TV. So I don't know. Mm. Like she does, but it's not like the way we grew right. up. <laughs> we, right. were, we were like left to our own devices. And so <laughs> but it's like, and I look at that now, like if I were to have kids, like I, like my nieces and nephews, I was spending some time with them yesterday and they were just like, there's, this is the screen age generation. They're screen agers right. and they have, Oh, a really difficult time. Like anytime there's a screen in front of it, it's like, like going right to it. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to, there's some people that it's like, like my one niece who's 12 and she's Mm -hmm. all about YouTube and her life revolves around YouTube influencers. And, um, and then younger, like my nephew, who's seven, I told him about Puss in Boots is coming out soon. And so mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I want to see that. That's great. Um, but like the other ones were like, meh. <laughs> so right. the attention spans are like yeah. tiny right now, you know? So it's like, even this film, is like, I think one hour and 20 minutes. It's a short movie, yeah. you know, compared to like, say, watching, I don't know, Coco or something like that, which is probably right. longer. I still feel like maybe some kids might find it too long nowadays. Yeah. And, and if you're looking at it, like I... For my taste, I thought it was just too long because there were just a couple mm-hmm. spots for the for the dancing that I was like, this yeah, is just I agree. this is going on a little long. <laughs> like I get I it, you're turning. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're doing the spin. <laughs> but it's like if this were better animation or live action, I would be more engaged at that. Mm-hmm. But because it's like not great animation, it's like <laughs> I have to watch this for another 30 seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> um so like I, that's, yeah, that's what I would say. I think that it might be a little too, too long, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Like in conclusion, I need a remake of all the original Barbies with good animation. Right, exactly. <laughs> cut cut it down a little bit. You know, you can work with the timing here and there, but even yeah. with the timing, like you can just work on adding more things to the times that they're dancing. Yeah. Like they could mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of doing just a couple more twirl like a couple more twirls, um, they could add like another and like one of the animals coming in or or a it's just something right. else happening, you know, during this time. <laughs> right. So, Morgan, we were talking, do you think your kids would watch a film like this nowadays and be like, oh, yeah, you think? I think they would like it. I think I think there's some timeless elements that even though it is an older film, but it's not. I mean, they watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and that animation mm. is nothing special and they don't really <laughs> care. So, right. yeah, it's it's the same era, yeah. actually. So I think they would enjoy it. Um, have we given our our reviews, our our ratings? Um, no, but I can do that myself. Oh, not yet. So, from like I said, for me, I think this was a little bit slow for my liking, um, but I can definitely see how it was something that gr- kids would have gravitated to. The fact that it was a dancing type thing, I'm putting myself out there as a six year old or something. I would have also been part of the demographic that would have go- gone to it, um, especially with. If this would have come out in as a like classic animation film or something as a kid, I would have 100% been there. Um, I would still, I would still give this about two stars just because it was just a, a little slow going for me, but it was, I had more fun knowing that I would be able to talk to soul about this, about I'd be able to get the whole thing out of it. So I was like, all right, well, cool. <laughs> Love Better it. than a goofy movie too. Yes, yes, yes. Is it or no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a few years since we did that. Yeah, one. wow. Good times. <laughs> and it still hurts. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I can go next. Okay, so of yes. course, nostalgia. You know, um, I can I can see though it's not a perfect film. It has its flaws. One hundred percent. Even watching this, and I was like, oh, okay, it's slow at times. But when I was a kid, you know, I was like dancing with them while they were dancing yeah. i was part of this film and even just listening to the music it just got me so emotional because i feel like the music is really really like even every time they would like step on the thing it was just so i don't know magical to me that's the only word mm-hmm. i can think of yeah i would have definitely um, put so myself can... in that position <laughs> yeah <laughs> created so my own little blocks I was, I was part of the 12 princesses too in that moment so it really gave me such wonderful memories but as a film nowadays i know it's not perfect but i'm still gonna give it like a Four out of five stars, you know, nostalgia playing a big part of it. <laughs> the animals are, are annoying. I can accept that, you know, they can be some better storytelling, but there's so many positives for me in this film that I can't ignore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to give it probably two and a half stars. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. I wasn't blown away like I mm-hmm. was the princess and the pauper, but yeah. I thought it was intriguing. Having not even known that it was based on a fairy tale, I still was drawn into the story. It had some interesting elements. It was definitely predictable. You know, as soon as the Duchess was brought in, it was like, oh my gosh, we know exactly what's happening (laughs) here. You know, she's going to be the bad girl and create a lot of drama. And, but overall, it was just fun. Um, Could have done without the animal sidekicks. Again, I I just don't understand the rationale behind this constantly, but maybe it must be to appeal to the four and five-year-olds and they, we just have to (laughs) deal with it. But other than that, it was a fun adventure. And again, I can see why the Barbie franchise has, 
it has its own eras, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> it has so many films that it has its own eras because it's they they really knew how to do it right, especially in this first era where it was a lot of fairy tales and classic stories. I will say though, with you know, there's so many Christmas Carols movies, and as an adult, I rewatched the Barbie one and it holds up. I think oh. it's like one of my favorite oh. Christmas Carol stories. So Oh, I'll we'll have to that. add it to a potential <laughs> Christmas list for us. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a delight to hang out with you and to get more oh. of your perspective because you do have a lot of a lot of great points that you always make and it's oh. just been very fun. Thank you so much. I mean, it's super surreal to be here after so many years. You guys, it's like, you know, not many people will jig with you about a Barbie movie. So, <laughs> you guys always we're we're for you. We're here. <laughs> no, even just not just Barbie movies, just any anime movies. Not that many people who, you know, in my close group like talking and it's just so wonderful mm -hmm. to go to a place where people understand you celebrate you and you feel heard so thank you you guys for having this platform and this space for so many uh geeks and nerds <laughs> of animation like me and i feel so honored and grateful to be here so wonderful thank, thank you. you this has been a great <laughs> episode of the animation addicts podcast of course if you want all the show notes and references go to rotoscopers.com slash 276 and leave us your reviews and your thoughts on the barbie franchise and also should we go down this path again should we do it a third time let us know what movie you would recommend our next foray into the disney princess movie when i started this podcast i never imagined that disney bar or barbie princess movies were going to be something that we were going to do <laughs> little at once but multiple times but here we are and i love it so thank you so much thank you to soul and with that until next time we, we are, are the, the rotoscopers um I'm going to, I would like, there's a couple things I want to say, but I need, I want Morgan to be in on this right. fun stuff. <laughs> so we'll just take you and I, uh, just fun stuff. So what are some of the fun, um, you were, what, are the, what was the last show that you were invited to? Cause I saw something that you were on a red carpet somewhere. Like musical, like movie wise. Somewhere. I was anywhere. in the Latin, the Latin billboard week. Oh, cool. Uh, billboard, the Latin, Latin billboards that one <laughs> okay yeah i don't it's like a tundra, so. i don't do billboards really mm. or at least i've never the company that i work with they've never done it or maybe mm. or maybe they just don't invite me i don't know <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah it, i don't know hey you went to the grammys though so. yeah yeah <laughs> not bad at all or it's not bad at all no um yeah i've I was, do you listen to a lot of musical theater? Mostly? Do I listen to mus musical theater? Yeah, mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, on yeah, a regular, I musical theater is a hard genre to find really good things in as far as like mm -hmm. current stuff. There's always yeah. the classics and they're classics right. because they're classics. Um, and things that are great tend to rise to the top. But uh, so when good things come out and... I'm I'm normally not the 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 trendsetter of finder. I'm normally like mm -hmm. the third step in. People tell me like, oh, this is really good. Oh, okay, then I'll invest time into this. But that's probably more because I live in Arizona and not in like mm -hmm. New York or LA or something where more right. of these things are more in the uh, cultural 
uh, zeitgeist of what's happening. Right. For me, it's like I'm an actress. So for me, it's like I'm all immersed in that world. Even when I was in Houston, right. I was still like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely was more so when I was, uh, yeah, definitely more your age. I feel like I don't I like saying that because it makes me feel like super old. I'm, <laughs> oh, my God, oh, gosh. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, um, yeah, in my 20s, I was definitely more in that. Uh, mm-hmm. 30s, you just like you get you get more singular in what your focuses are. So I can see that. Yeah. You start. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's definitely things that I. I will listen to like I was in New York last month and I got to see I got to see the Wolverine of course Hugh Jackman in the Music Man it was so cute (laughs) it was so good I mean he is just one Hugh Jackman is just so hunky like at any age He's just always yeah. been a hunk. I don't know what water he's drinking, but you know, it's doing good. <laughs> yeah, he's always been a hunk. And uh, his him on stage was just really charming. And yeah, if you if you you can actually you know, I, find his I, stuff. I love him because you know we know he doesn't have the best singing voice, at least in my right, opinion. Yeah. At least. But he's like, I don't care. I love this. No one's going to stop me. No, yeah. you know, he's the greatest showman. Let me survive. Yeah. He inserts himself. And I'm, I love that for him. <laughs> yeah. And no, I mean, he doesn't, he's not like the standout guy that I would, I would pay to listen to in concert, but I would definitely pay to mm-hmm. see him in concert doing his thing mm-hmm. because he's, yeah. he, has such i mean he is the the triple threat as they say the singer dancer mm-hmm. actor um i prefer him in the acting side but when you add in the singing he just has fun with it and he's yeah he's good enough that no one really cares like right it's not like oh my gosh my ears are bleeding no, yeah. <laughs> it's like and yeah. even as him as Javert, i really i wasn't distracted by his portrayal or his singing right. of that. Um, have there been ever, have there been better Jovers in my life? Yes. But that does, that's not the point. <laughs> I, I feel like, right. I feel like he did a good job in that. Um, other people in that, I can't say the same, but he did it fine. I mean, the thing is like, people know who I'm talking about. People oh, know. We all know. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. See, okay. I will first off say I I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. But th- did you know that they originally had her in to be um Ebony? Ebony? Yes. No. Yes. <gasps> That's such a hard role. I know. Oh they originally had her. And I mean, she's wonderful, but it's just, you know. She's not an eponine. She's not eponine. No. And putting... I, I said Cosette first because it made more sense to me for her to be Cosette. I mean, <laughs> even Cosette, you've got. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Cosette <laughs> is just a soprano of above sopranos. Yeah. Eponine mm-hmm. is just. I mean, the reason why they wanted her was definitely because of the star power, which I get. Right. But that is, mm-hmm. that would have been 
the most, I remember hearing that she had been out there for like two weeks to try it out, to see if it would work out. And they were just like, no. And so they ended up going with the girl who actually played Eponine on Broadway currently. And I was like, good call. Good call. I appreciate this. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Amanda in, in that role as Cousette. I, I love her. I think she's great in it. I I thought she her as a, an actress is fine. Her voice was a mm-hmm. little too wispy for me. Mm-hmm. See, for me, like it matched the character. So it worked for me. Okay. Like the, 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 the sound of it felt like very in character. So okay. for me, at least that worked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, are you excited for the wicked movie they're going to do the wicked movie? Is this, yeah, a, you know, the musical wicked, right? right? I, I have seen so many pitches for this that I don't even know what is real anymore. It, now it's actually happening. It's being directed by, um, John Chu, the guy who did in the Heights, the guy who did uh, crazy rich Asians. Okay. So this is going to be they, live action remake. Live action, live action yeah. which filming. I wish it would have been animated. It See, the animated so cool. would have made it amazing. And there were that's the right? that's the pitch that I've seen. And if they I would have done that. that, I would have been all in, one hundred percent. But I feel like animation already is such a like a niche thing, unfortunately, nowadays. And then Wicked added to it, which is also kind of like unless you're like a theater nerd, yeah, it's big in my world, but outside our world, it's not that big. So it's like. Yeah. I would have loved that, but it would have done well in the box office, you know? Well, that, I mean, you would have been able to keep the original voice actresses and to have, to have them in there would have just made my life happy. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which really they could have just taken songs like these, these soundtrack and just use that and not even had to re-record anything. I mean, they could have, they would have recorded here and there just to like make dialogue, but for the most part, I mean, it's done. So to come in and and do a live action, you're adding, you're having to add different characters and different people, right. which I love the opportunities given to for new mm-hmm. faces, um, because that's what Broadway is. But of course, when you're when you are taking something that has been immortalized with certain mm-hmm. voices, it's kind of yeah. hard to for anybody to like look outside that <laughs> well the casting is interesting um so ariana grande what? is gonna be Galinda. what yeah i mean she's that's the a sol- solid 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 as they come music musically oh 100 percent um but i but find I that odd for Galinda. Galinda. yeah i mean she's been on broadway she's a beautiful voice she was in hairspray live um i would almost rather child- see her as as Elphaba. Elphaba. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, I saw more of like a, a Nesta, maybe. Yeah. I mean, she's wonderful. My problem is that she's so iconic. I feel like that yeah. I will see her as Ariana Grande and not as Glinda. Right. You know, that, that's my only thing. But, you know, I'm ready to be surprised. You know, this was her like lifelong dream right. to be like this film. So I was like, good for her. She might surprise us, you know? Yeah. And then for Elphaba is Cynthia Erevo, which I love her. My only concern is like, the age because she's in i think 38 or something like uh-huh. that and it's like she's supposed to play like a college kid and ariana looks younger than her but i feel like you know they'll make huh. it work yeah interesting but, well i mean with the alpha but you can get away with having a different age gap 
because Ryan. maybe she had a different she decided to go back to college i don't know like <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> like galinda is, the, is much harder um, to fake an age <laughs> yeah yeah true and then fear is going to be the guy from bridgerton um jonathan bailey which he's been in like a lot of musicals okay so. i want jordan fisher though but i think he'll be great too we're, ha- <laughs> we're having a, a, a broadway discussion oh are you back oh nice oh. i've returned sorry <laughs> we're talking hey i'm always down for broadway talk <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a good good chat good chat <laughs> good chat nice um yeah so we okay so you already did catch yes. and fire yes. and okay, here's cool. the here's the the upset is she had a bone to pick with us and the fact yeah. that oh no <laughs> all of the the sequel movies that we post as or that we give as as um terrible Terrible. (laughs) she's like these are my favorite (laughs) (laughs) well does she have a recommendation for what we should add as a terrible terrible (laughs) you know i mean i said that i don't like the jafar one so yeah she didn't she didn't like return jafar so (laughs) okay but cinderella too even the director even the director of that movie doesn't like it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he he refuses to come on the podcast unless we disavow that movie and never review it on the podcast so we can't do that just there you go (laughs) (laughs) i can't commit to that we can't commit to that (laughs) (laughs) oh it's amazing sorry tad You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.